This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Get everything for your next project today at Menards and save big money. Right now, all stock outlets with USB ports are on sale. Ditch the need for bulky USB adapters. Upgrade your home with features like ultra-fast charging, allowing you to charge your smart devices up to 40% faster than standard USB outlets. Also, view our weekly flyer on Menards.com and check out all the great deals happening this week. Save big money at Father's Day right around the corner, and pleased to be able to talk to a dad today and a man that has been very outspoken with his love for LeBron James, ESPN's Mike Greenberg. Greeny, of course, uh, joining us today on On the Mark. Greeny, I saw that you picked the Cavs to win in six. Don't feel bad. I had the same prediction. But I'm going to start here with when did you know that this was not going to go the Cavs' way? Because... For me, at least, it was one quarter in, there's Kevin Durant running down the lane, dunking again, and seven guys are wide open. This is not going to end well for LeBron and company. Yeah, I I was fooled, and and I was probably doing a lot of it with wishful thinking as well. I don't know what you think, Mark, and I have no um, demonstrable data that suggests I'm right. In fact, all of the data suggests I'm wrong. But I thought this NBA season was just awful, absolutely awful. And, you know, I, I was in Chicago throughout the Michael Jordan era. I was covering those teams. And anyone who tells you that there is a similarity between that and this just doesn't know what they're talking about. The Bulls were challenged like crazy. The Bulls had to go through brutal series against the Knicks in the Eastern Conference, against the Pacers in the Eastern Conference. They had tough series against Utah, good Utah teams and good Portland teams um, and, and, uh, and others in the finals. Phoenix that one year that had a better record than they did. The Warriors were, were were unfairly good. It was like watching an AAU game that should never have been played because the talent on one side was just too good for the other. Um, and so I figured out almost immediately, as you did in that series, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I, I thought that there was some uh, some way that this thing was going to turn in the other direction. But when Durant and Curry are going, and if all else, they can still throw it to Clay, and you got Draymond, and you've got they were so deep. I mean, with Livingston and Iguodala and so many guys. They were just unfairly good, and I admire them. I respect them. They're a great team and a great champion. But as a fan, I really did not enjoy watching it because there was absolutely no suspense in it for me. There wasn't, but I did enjoy at least the talent on the court and the ridiculous plays that were being made. But let's just say for argument's sake that you're the NBA, you're Adam Silver, and you're watching it, and you have the same opinion that Mike Greenberg has, that this is just not good. I mean, there's nothing they can do, right? I mean, this, the, the, you can't change the fact there was a blip and there was all this money and Kevin Durant was a free agent at that time and he jumped on an historically great team already. There's nothing they can do. There's nothing they can do to undo the Warriors. No, they have a Warriors problem and that's just going to exist for two or three years 
um, until all those guys are eligible for the Supermax, and they'll probably wind up having to break. At least one of them or two of them will break away. But they have addressed, I give Silver credit, they have addressed the problem as best they can going forward by putting the new Supermax provisions into the new collective bargaining agreement. That might as well be called the Kevin Durant rule. That yeah. might as well be called the Kevin Durant provision. So it'll be very interesting to see how that works. Does Russell Westbrook leave, you know, 50, 60, 70 million dollars on the table? Um, would Paul George do it? Uh, will NBA stars be willing to walk away from tens of millions of guaranteed dollars um, in order to stay with the, you know, to, to go to a team and build a super team rather than stay with the teams that draft them? I hope the answer is no. I hope that I don't want players, you know, ability to, to move around to be curtailed. They should be free agents. They should be able to go wherever they want. But so incentivizing them to want to stay where they are drafted, in my opinion, is exactly the right way to go about this. So I commend the league for the way they have tried, and I hope that it winds up working. We'll start to find out a little bit now with Gordon Hayward, with Russell Westbrook, with Paul George, and we'll see where it goes from there. So then if you're LeBron James and after next year you're a free agent, and let's say they lose to the Warriors again next season, we have the fourth time, and it goes similar to this year. Are you going to L.A. to try to create some team that can compete with Kevin and giving up money? Because that just, it, to me, it feels disgusting. And the, the whole jumping around, I hated Kevin leaving Oklahoma City. I actually think the Thunder, if they had Durant this year, they might have won. They could have beaten Gold. They were right there last year. So They should have beat him last year. Right. So to me, it's like I, I hope LeBron stays in Cleveland. But if he's trying to get another ring and the Cavs aren't there, on some level, because of Durant being there, I would almost just say, okay, fine, I get it. In this particular environment, maybe you do have to go somewhere else. Well, the only thing I'll say in LeBron's defense is we as a, as a general sporting public, I don't mean just you, Mark, but all of us in general, cannot say to him, when it's all said and done, we are going to judge you exclusively by how many rings you wind up with and then criticize him for doing whatever it is he can do to go get rings. You know what I mean? That, yeah. that's, become, that's become sort of the measuring stick here. And as long as that is the measuring stick, then it is reasonable that the best players in the sport are going to do whatever they can do, even if they're things that were not available to or would not have been done by players in past generations to try and get championships. I can't criticize him for doing it because we're the ones telling him that he has to. Right, and see, I think that argument is just so, like, infantile. When Listen, I grew up in Chicago, and I watched Michael from the second he came in the league. And for years, it was Magic and Bird are better because they were winning. And I was saying, look, the greatest player in the league is playing in Chicago. You're not watching him every night because, you know, there wasn't the ESPN NBA or even TNT at that point. People didn't see him. So we just judged it on titles. I, don't, I, I think it's totally unfair to LeBron to, to look at it that way. But I also look at it like... People who, like, when, when LeBron-Michael argument comes in, Greeny, it's like people want to say that, I think people who didn't see Michael play from his career coming up, if you're 20 or in your early 30s, you're going to say LeBron. But if you actually saw Michael, you're going to think that it's MJ. And then others are going to say you just can't compare him. I think that's where you come out, that you can't compare the two. Am I right about that? No, I mean, you can try and compare them. You know, the, the magnitude of them, I think, is a good comparison. I mean, in my mind, the two most accomplished basketball players of all time are Michael Jordan and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the greatest high school player that ever lived, the greatest college player that ever lived. He's the NBA's all-time leading scorer. He won six titles and five MVPs. Uh, Michael Jordan won six championships, 
and was the overwhelming dominant superstar on all six of those teams, was the final MVP in every one of those years, prematurely retired twice, 10-time scoring champion, four-time MVP, and it should have been more, uh, and won a college championship as well. Those, to me, are the two greatest players ever because of what they accomplished. Um, if you want to then just talk about skill sets and talent and all that kind of stuff, LeBron, to me, compares with anybody. He can do more different things on a basketball court than probably anybody that ever lived, including Michael Jordan. Um, so if you want to say he is the most talented, most gifted, most brilliant, uh, not brilliant the wrong word, you know, the, 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 the greatest basketball player that ever lived in that sense, I think you could say that. But he is not, at this point, as accomplished to me as Michael is or as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is, and probably a few others as well. Do you want old school NBA coming back, Greeny? Like I've I've seen you tweet out uh, Mikhail. Yeah, but it's a wa- I do, but it's a waste of time. I mean, I, I'm 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 tired already of having this argument. I mean, I find the resting to be disgusting. I find the uh, tanking to be an embarrassment. I find the um, you know the the way they call the game now and lack of physicality in it. I don't like it at all. But um, who cares what I like? I mean, the, the, there's every every bit of measurable data suggests that the fans do like it, right. that the fans do not have a problem with it that I have. So I've thrown up my hands on this. I, I can't swim against that tide. Right. Um, if you want to live in a world where perfectly healthy players are sitting out a game because it's the second night of back-to-back, when players in the 80s would, would have gotten up that morning after a night game, caught a 6 a.m. flight with a connection through Atlanta, and made it you know, to Detroit in time to play in a game and would play every one of the 82 games of the season. If you want to tell me it's okay, these guys are resting now, okay, I'm going to have to live with it. I find it completely ridiculous, but I've lost that fight. I recognize it. Yeah. I, I love Jeff Van Gundy. I think you do too. Is, is he MJ Bitter? Well, you know, look, I mean, I think he, he, he admired Jordan like crazy. He's, he's the one who used to poke at Phil all the time. Yep. And when he was coaching the Knicks, Jeff, and used to say, yeah, the secret to the triangle, I'll write the secret to the triangle down on the board right now, and he'd write down the number 23. <laughs> so I think, I think Jeff um, has enormous regard for Jordan. And, and um, who doesn't? I mean, right. they'll find me the person who doesn't have extraordinarily high regard for Michael Jordan, and I'll find you one very unique person. You're uh, you're working with Dove uh, Dove's Med Care around Father's Day, Greeny. The uh, There to Care, which is uh, a new film out there, and of course uh, you're a dad to a daughter and a son. And it, it, you also, I assume, to get to the level of success that you've had in your life, you had some either your dad or some father figures along the way when you were young guiding you uh, to believe in yourself and know, hey, like someday I could be on Mike and Mike. All of that. What what's what's resonating with you around Father's Day this year? Yeah, it's a great campaign. I've been doing work with Dove Men Plus Care for years, and the campaigns have always been exactly to the point you're making centered around dads and fathers um, and their relationships both with my life, my relationship with my dad, um, who is the reason that I do what I do for a living today. My dad was the biggest sports fan you ever met in your whole life, and nobody loved my career more than my father. Mike, let's move on to Father's Day, and you're working with Dove's Men's Care, which you've done for a long time. And, of course, you're a dad to your daughter, Nicole, and son, Stephen. And uh, I know your dad had a huge impact on, on your career, being a huge sports fan himself. This is an important time of the year for you. Yeah, and it's a great campaign. Dove Men Plus Care is, is a group that I've been with for several years in several different campaigns. This is something that is I'm passionate about, and I think many people are, which is Father's Day. But this year, they're taking a very different spin on it, and I really appreciate it. 
Um, the, the campaign is called There to Care, and it's it's celebrating not just dads, but men from any number of different areas in people's lives that have been there to care for young people, boys or girls, uh, over the course of time. And, and that can be a grandfather, it can be an uncle, it can be a, a favorite teacher, it can be a teacher who believed in you, it can be um, a coach, a youth coach, or anyone like that. Those people are important, they play important roles in the lives of young people, sometimes even as father figures, um, and, and, and at other times, like was the case with me uh, in my life, just people who were there for any number of different reasons. I, I think of my great uncle who taught me how to tie a tie. He was this very nat- natally dressed man. He was very uh, dapper, and I always appreciated the way he dressed, and he had this cool way of tying a tie, and he taught it to me, and 35 years later, I taught it to my son. So, um, you know, that's, that's what this campaign is about. Again, it's a, a little different, and so on this Father's Day, not only thinking about your dad, but thinking about other men in your life who were there to care. It's a nice video you can watch on the Dove Men Plus Care website, and it celebrates... Again, men who were there to care on this Father's Day. So it's a special message, and I'm, pl- I'm proud to be a part of it. Well said, well said. What will you uh, miss most as you move on in your career, Mike, with uh, working with Mike Golick? And I guess what are you most proud of of the show outside of just you know, the incredible longevity, which is incredibly rare, as we know, in, in radio and slash television? Yeah, I- I'll tell you that um, I hope that it looked from the outside like we were having a lot of fun. I can tell you that from the inside, it was infinitely more fun than it could possibly have looked. Um, I mean, I owe Mike Golick more than I could ever begin to describe. Um, you know, when we started doing the show together, professionally speaking, I wasn't anybody at all. Um, I, I had a, a you know a, a lot of dreams and and really almost no ability to prove that I was capable of anything. And Mike took a chance on on bringing me on as his partner, and um, we had just a fantastic time. So. While I'm excited about whatever the next chapter of my life may be, there's no question there's a huge part of me that's very sad because this partnership has been the best thing that ever happened to me in my entire professional life. Um, and then there's no question that I will miss it. I'm proud of everything that we've done. I, I don't know how to pick one thing I'm most proud of. I think we've done a good show. We've done the best we can for a really long time. I think we've done a show that, um, you know, that, that I think people could feel comfortable listening to with, with kids in a car and stuff like that, which is not always the case. Um, you know, and not that there's anything wrong with any other styles of broadcasting, but that was what we always wanted. We wanted a show that was family-centered and family-friendly, and I think that we were able to do that. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud for the most part of every day that we had together, and, and uh, I'm gr- equally grateful for every day that we had together. No, it was a great show, and uh, you guys were balanced. You were fair. You were interesting, it was, and that's uh, I think uh, well, those are some of the reasons, at least, why it was so successful. Two, two more for you, Greeny. What's up with your New York Jets? Are they trying to be the worst team in the NFL? I think they are, um, and you know, I hate that we have incentivized losing in sports, having nothing to do with the Jets now. Right. Um, I don't like it. I don't like it in basketball, which has led to this epidemic of tanking, which I think is awful. Um, I don't like it in football. I don't like it in any sport. I do not believe that losing should ever be um, an advantage, and, and yet, unfortunately, it is. So I can't argue with the fact that if the best you were ever going to be was 5-11, and 11, which is, I think, what the Jets' lot in life was going to be this year, you are better off being 0-16. That just is the reality. Um, 
it's depressing, and I'm sure it'll be very depressing for the players and coaches involved. And I'm sure as a fan, it'll be something depressing too. But the reality is, tanking is the most effective way to try to build something that is lasting and successful. And, um, you know, I, I hate that. Again, I hate it in all sports, but I can't argue with it. So I do believe that's what the Jets are doing, and um, I, I guess I have to acknowledge it's probably the right thing to do. Well, let's wrap up on a positive note then. I, I grew up in Chicago, as I mentioned before, and had a sick affinity for Northwestern sports. And, of course, you went to Northwestern. It's been well publicized how much making the tournament and their bowl success with Fitz has meant to you. I'm thinking Final Four here, 2017, Greeny. I, I, you know, <laughs> I, I don't think that's completely out of the question. They're going to be ranked in the top 25. How high are you dreaming it? Well, listen, that would be fantastic. And I hope everybody listening to us will support them this year because – Remember, this is the year that Welsh Ryan Arena is going to be under construction. So they're not going to be playing on campus. They're going to be playing in a big gym. Um, and, and I really hope that people will go out and see them. That is a great team filled with a bunch of really, really good kids. Um, and they, they have given all of Chicago, as, as Chicago's Big Ten team, reason to be proud and reason to be excited. And I hope people will go out and will support them uh, coming basketball season. Um, and do I think that they have a chance to be really good? I do. I really do. I love Sanjay Lumpkin, and I love Nate Taphorn, um, but those are, are two guys, the only two guys that we're losing, um, and hopefully we're adding a little firepower. This kid, Falzone, is supposed to be phenomenal. Um, he'll be coming back from the injury. We're bringing in a kid, uh, a freshman from New York State, who I know is supposed to be very good, Anthony Gaines. We've got guys who should get better. I think Law will get a little stronger, will get better. Lindsay's a terrific player, McIntosh. I, I really believe that um, that they have a chance to be really good, like by far the best Northwestern team um, of all time, uh, and not, not just of my lifetime, but of all time. And, um, you know, we'll start dreaming about, about a deep run in March as we get closer to it. But first and foremost, I really hope that people will go out and go to the games and support them this year because they need it and they deserve it. Well, it's time Western Suburbs of Chicago jump on a winner. Everybody loves a winner. Keep them healthy, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Mike, great work with Dove and around Father's Day. Congrats on, on all your success, and I, I appreciate you taking the time today. Well, it's a pleasure uh, catching up here. Thank you very much for having me. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. 
Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.